Lisbon, the capital city of Portugal. A major economic center, it attracts business travelers looking for a unique location with beautiful historic architecture and infrastructure. This destination offers amazing year-round weather, which attracts guests from all over the world to bond over sun and bado music. Stroll along the Tagus Riverfront with an egg tart in hand. Today we are joined by Chef Jose Avales, the first Portuguese chef to be awarded two Michelin stars. We also speak with Miguel Garcia of Hotel Tivoli Avenida Liberdade. Want more insider tips on this great business venue with personal perks? Join us today on this episode of Destination Everywhere, Lisbon, Portugal. Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. Welcome to this episode of Destination Everywhere. I am Todd Bloodworth with Andy McNeil. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we are going to talk about Lisbon, Portugal. And Lisbon is such an amazing city. It is located on the coast in Portugal, which has a tremendous coastline. But Lisbon is just one of those places that you'll just want to get lost in. No map, no destination, just walk the city and learn about it. Yeah, and also on the Tagus River as well. It's right there. So you got lots of water, beautiful place to wander and see some of the oldest ruins. It's actually predates London and Paris. Imagine that. So a lot of history and a very popular destination. You get over 290 days of sun. So a great vacationing destination, but also an up-and-coming B2B destination with lots of incentive trips going there as well. So we're really looking forward. We got some great guests. We have Chef Jose Aviles, who is a very famous Portuguese chef. And we have another amazing guest. We have Miguel Garcia. And Miguel is the general manager of the Hotel Tivoli Avenida Liberdade de Lisboa. Very good, Todd. That was a mouthful. I actually messed it up. It's not de Lisboa, but (laughs) it is Lisboa. And this is a five-star property in Lisbon. It is an amazing location, a great neighborhood, amazing rooftop bar. So we're going to talk to Miguel and learn a little bit more about his property. And we're going to learn a little bit about Lisbon and tell you some interesting things you should do. And we'll be right back with our first guest, Chef Jose Aviles. Welcome back to this episode of Destination Everywhere Lisbon. And I'm here with our next guest, who is an award-winning chef. He is has many restaurants, including in Lisbon, Porto, and Dubai. His restaurant in Lisbon, Belcanto, has two Michelin stars, making it the first restaurant in Lisbon to be distinguished with two Michelin stars, and making Jose the first Portuguese chef to receive this accolade in Portugal. So what are the essentials for a, a good Portuguese meal? Actually, it's quite difficult to put a label on, on in the Portuguese cuisine. It's, we are a quite small country. For the state, we are a very small country. We have 10 million people, but actually we have very different food regions. If you are near the shore, you eat, of course, more fish and, and shellfish basins. If you are more 
in, in the mountains, you have different kinds of uh, cuisine. I would say that because of the discoveries, the Portuguese have some things that are very different from the rest of European countries. We are maybe the only country in Europe that have white rice as a garnish, like they have in Latin America or South America or in Asia. And this is because of the discoveries. This is because of what we did in the last 500 years. We have cilantro. That is something that you only can find in Europe, in Portugal, and in small regions in Spain because of the Arabic invasion. You don't find it anywhere else, the fresh cilantro, the leaves in Europe. And then we have lamb, pork, beef, many different kinds of fish and shellfish and clams, and a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruits. I must say that the most emblematic dish that we have in Portugal is bacalhau, the codfish. And it's something, and we are also known for that. We are the only country in the world that the most emblematic dish, we don't have it here. So we don't have cod, we don't have the bacalhau in our shore. It comes from Iceland, it comes from Norway, from Russia, from China. But because of the our past of discoveries and uh, the sailors that we have, we start fishing the bacalhau, we start buying from the English, and now we have more than a thousand ways of cooking bacalhau. So when you've got the first Michelin star, of course, that's just, uh, it's the Oscars of the restaurant industry. Did business change overnight for you and then your vision to be able to grow once you got that first Michelin star? How much attention did you get locally in Lisbon because of that? In a normal restaurant, you grow like 40% at least with the first star and maybe 20% with the second star. But it really depends the offer of your restaurant, of course. It was really important for me as a Portuguese, very young at the time, to get the first Michelin star. For Portuguese, the first one in Lisbon, and then the first two Michelin stars in Lisbon, and the first Portuguese chef having the, the second star. And what it really changed, and I have to say with the Portuguese guests that are the ones that I can feel because I've been serving them for almost 20 years, it's first they don't really know what they are eating or they didn't really knew what they were eating because to cook 15 years ago, modern Portuguese, it was for most of the Portuguese something really strange. So it started with that and then continuing with people starting to like and then to approve what I was doing and then to congratulate me and then to thank me. And this is an amazing thing because people then start to understand that I had people from New York that would come for one night to stay and eat at Belcanto and then leave the next morning. Had people from all around the world that come from two or three days only for the restaurant. And then to go to the 50 best, to enter on that list and to be chosen by the CNN to do this big uh, interview, me presenting Portugal and the Portuguese gastronomy. So this, the last 15 years, especially the last 10, were amazing on that. And me and my team, and of course, other chefs, other cooks in Portugal, it was an amazing adventure. Let's talk a second about this concept, the Bajo do Aveles. Did I Perfect even... Portuguese, I would there say. There we go. You know, so, <laughs> thank you. And this is a concept, and, and it translates into neighborhood. So within this neighborhood, there is a restaurant bar market 
Can you kind of explain to me that? Yes, we have 1,200 square meters and plus our office that is on the first floor where I am now, actually. It's an amazing building. It used to be part of a monastery. It used to be actually a garden. Now we, for the central part, it's covered with glass. And we have four. And I got to say, I did look on, I saw YouTube, a time-lapse video of the one demolition. And then the re- it was amazing. Absolutely. Amazing, and it's just a amazing. beautiful structure, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, beautiful structure. True. So we have four concepts. When you enter, we have the, what we call taberna. It's like a tavern where we have small dishes to share, charcuterie, cheeses, wines, beer, small portions to share with Portuguese, but our take on some Portuguese dishes with always a little bit creative. And we have also on that menu, some, what we call look at the world. We have some Peruvian, Asian, Mexican, Brazilian food inspired in my trips. Then we have what we call patio. It's on the central area and it's more about seafood, but we have a little bit of everything. I would say it's, it's more traditional the Portuguese dishes, but some of them with my take too. And then we have like a mezzanine where we have a pizzeria. And I have to say that my father died when I was seven, but when I was four, he opened one of the first pizzerias in Portugal. He was not into cooking, but he had a different business and he was a restaurant owner for a few years. So he opened one of the first pizzerias in Portugal. I remember to celebrate my fifth birthday there. So when I started opening restaurants, I decided to make also this homage to my father and I've opened this pizzeria. My take also on pizzas, of course, following the Italian tradition, but with some Portuguese ingredients. And then on the back where it was a small chapel, a prayer room, actually, we have what we call Minibar is not just a bar, actually, it's more a restaurant. It's a kind of a gastronomic restaurant, but with small portions. We have tasting menu, two different tasting menu, but a la carte also. And we have concerts and we have DJs. So it's where food meets the entertainment and where, where you can go to have a great time. The neighborhoods that your restaurants are in, the communities, what makes them special? Why did you pick these locations? Most of my projects are in Chiado. It's one of the most emblematic neighborhoods in Lisbon, where the poets, the writers, the painters used to live and to connect in small cafes and restaurants. So it's full of uh, histories, full of stories, many statues that represent the people that used to walk these streets, the painters and the poets. So it's full of history. And and it's beautiful. Lisbon, we call the city of the seven hills. It's all about this. Right. In many places in Chiado that you're going up and down, you see the river and the reflection of the sun. And because we have a lot of uh, Sundays in the year, and because you have also a lot of buildings that are, were built with tiles, you have this most amazing light because of the reflection of the river and in the tiles. You have this very delicate contrast that is also why a lot of photographers, uh, painters love to come here to retract that. So when you do find that time to just really cut loose, what are some things that you enjoy doing around the city, either day or night? I think the best day in Lisbon 
is when you almost get lost in Lisbon. And we need to realize that Lisbon, it's quite difficult to walk because it's up and down all the time. If you forget about it, and if you are willing to walk a little bit, you can walk through all historical Lisbon. And during the day, you can walk miles and to be very happy, like entering a small cafe to have a pastel de nata, then walk in the very thin, like small streets where the neighbors can pass things in the windows because the streets are so small, so thin that they can give a kilo of sugar to the neighbor in front of them. So it's really nice to feel that, to have this sensation of lights and contrasts, and then to go to a restaurant to eat and stay there for a couple of hours to try a Portuguese wine, to try our seafood, to try our cheeses, and then to walk a little bit more during the afternoon and to go into some churches and some monuments. You're definitely a gem for Portugal. We thank you so much for joining us. We wish you nothing but the best. And we can't wait to uh, get to Lisbon and, and try out some of the food. And we look forward to seeing you and seeing what's next. So thank you for joining us, Jose. Thank you, Todd. A pleasure. Thank you very much. Best of luck to you. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking Lisbon. So we're going to talk about our top destination favorite things to do. Such a wonderful city. Todd said before, you can get lost in the city. Just spend all day just going through its neighborhoods and seeing the the great history. But there are certainly some bucket list items that you want to do. And we're going to go through this list now. And it was really hard, but we came down with it with 10 that we thought were great. Todd, what's your first one? The first one is live music and a dining experience at a Fado house. So in Portuguese, the word Fado actually means fate. We definitely suggest finding a unique spot, listen to some photo, and just have some great food. Awesome. So there's a great park called the Eduardo VII Park. It is named after, obviously, Eduardo VII from the United Kingdom, who visited Portugal in 1902. It's located atop of a hill that over actually looks beautiful, unbelievable views of central Lisbon and the River Tagus. And you can go there and have a great picnic with family and friends. Or you can actually host an outdoor event there, which is great for groups. We highly recommend that. Todd? And Lisbon is actually a very old city, but if you, it does have some very modern venues, one of those being the Museum of Art, Architecture, and Technology. Uh, it's gorgeous, isn't it? The mat. And it's located in the Bellum District along the riverfront. And the museum, it's a low-slung building designed to blend structure and landscape. The roof is open to the public, and it serves as just an amazing location to overlook the river. Another great thing to do is to play golf in Lisbon. With It's over 20 golf courses, really rivals almost anywhere else in Europe. You can play alongside the Atlantic Ocean with hillside views of the sea or within the Pinewood Forest of the greater Lisbon area. Obviously, that's great for family trips, business trips to golf in Lisbon. And as long as we're talking about activities, something that was new to me but apparently, if you are in the area that just outside of Lisbon is really a European surfing capital, the town of Ericsara, it's located on the west coast of Portugal, and it's about 40 minutes from central Lisbon. And it's a seaside community, and it's the only European spot among the world's surfing reserves. So groups can enjoy half or full day surf lessons from one of the many, many surf camps available in the region. 
And it's absolutely gorgeous at the same time. So whether you want to participate or watch, it's a great place for surfing. All right. So something that I love to do when I go to a city on the sea is a sailing excursion. And you can actually do this on the Tagus River. It has excellent views of Bellum and the Praça de Comercio. And you can do sailing excursions. You can also arrange a private regatta. How much fun would that be? So this would be great for your family, your friends, or even a team building event. So a sailing excursion on the Tagus River. The next thing I think everybody should do in every major city is do a tram tour. Many cities in Europe specifically and in the U.S., they have the bus tours with the open top buses, but you can get a private tram 28 tour. And the renowned trams of Lisbon, they date back to the 1930s, and they're just a great form of transportation to see the city and try to watch them navigate through these very narrow streets in Lisbon. The trams are available for private rentals, for groups, and they're accompanied with a special wine tasting and with pastries. Oh, how fun. What, what better way to sightsee than with wine and pastries? That's a great. Speaking of great experiences, you can have a culinary experience and visit the LX factory. The LX factory is a former fabric factory that's been turned into a, a trendy spot with restaurants, bars, and shops. And there's innovative concepts happening there like Kiss the Cook. And you can do corporate groups and team building. And just a fantastic way to do some a unique way for culinary experience with all these different restaurants in the LX factory. And this last one, I don't know if you remember, we did a sensory, a sensory yeah. dinner one time where we were in this restaurant that we were blindfolded. And it was absolutely just a, the, one of the most unique things I've ever done. But they offer a blindfolded tour of Alfama. And Alfama is one of the oldest neighborhoods in Lisbon. And this blindfolded tour called it's it's called Sensorial Lisbon. It provides visitors with a unique sensory experience, which could be very cool. So this guided tour, it allows groups to build their knowledge of the city by stimulating their smell, touch, taste, and oh, hearing, cool. all while exploring local food, photo music, and steep streets. I think that serves a couple of purposes. It really does help you appreciate what you have, but it also helps you to just really check out the other senses that you may take for granted sometime. So I think that would be a lot of fun. So those are some great ones around Lisbon. However, we want to add one, which is just a short two-hour flight, is a trip to the Azores. And the Azores are archipelago off Portugal. And it's just absolutely beautiful. It has 1,766 volcanoes on it. Not all active, thank goodness. But they can you can enjoy volcanic activities. You can search in the caves, the grottos. And there are cratered lakes all throughout out the archipelago. So if you have some extra time, the Azores is a great side trip. So we highly recommend that. So Todd, who's our next guest? Our next guest is Miguel Garcia. Miguel is the general manager of the Hotel Tivoli Avenida Liberdade Lisboa. So we're looking forward to hearing what he has to say and share a little bit about this amazing five-star property in a, an amazing neighborhood in Lisbon. We'll be right back. Are you ready to book your hotel for your next company event or family adventure? Let AMI help. We have ongoing relationships with all major hotel chains and access to over 200,000 hotels. Why us? We receive special promotions before they hit the open market, meaning significant cost savings to you. Go to destination-everywhere.com and click the Source Now button and let us get to work for you. Welcome back to this episode of Destination Everywhere, Lisbon. And right now, our next guest, I'm really excited to talk to. He is the general manager of the Hotel Tivoli Avenida Liberdad Lisboa. Welcome, Miguel Garcia. How are you today? 
I'm very well. Thought. Thanks for inviting me to speak a bit with you today. Thank you for joining us. We love Lisbon because it's such an accessible city, especially coming from the States. What was it that drew you to this property? And tell us a little bit about your personal history with this property. First of all, this property is here since 1933. Okay, so there's 88 years of existences. This one, one of the first five-star hotels in Lisbon, uh, made uh, with and, and founded by two very famous hotelier families that founded in 1933. And the hotel is here since then. And now, today, it's located, and since the beginning, it's called Avenida Liberdade. It's uh, the, we call this, if you translate to English, is uh, the Avenue of Liberty, close to Marques de Pombal. And this region, I would say, is the epicenter of everything that we have at best to, to someone that visits Lisbon, from all the best stores, best restaurants, walking distance, museums, you know, historical places to visit. This is the place to be. If you point out in other cities uh, in Paris, we'll consider by the Champs-Élysées, or if you go to London, go to Mayfair or something, this is the point we want to be in Lisbon. And more than that, it's a point, it is a hotel throughout all the offers that we have here. You feel that you're having a local experience. Why? Because locals, they come into our hotel every day to have meetings, to have lunch, dinner, spa within the hotel. And that's something very specific I would like to develop further with you, the way we welcome locals and the way we don't want just to look a touristic desti- a destination or touristic hotel, because we find and we know that what makes the full difference when someone is visiting a city or any kind of destination is that when you connect with locals and you feel like you're really living something like locals live in a day-to-day basis. And it, we believe this is crucial for full experience in the city. It's funny you said that because whenever we travel, everybody always asks for, where did the locals go? Where did the locals go? And that's where they're drawn to. Nobody wants to go see other tourists when they're being a tourist themselves. So I like that philosophy. And we should also mention that you guys have also, you were nominated for Best Hotel 2021 by Travel and Leisure Magazine. And you were also in Condé Nast 2020, top 20 hotels in Spain and Portugal, which are, are great. But you are the grand dam of hotels in Lisbon. And when you talk about the locals, what do you offer in terms of what's authentic with your meals or your service, authentic to Lisbon and Portugal that people can expect when they come visit? The first thing that with a hotel with 88 years of existence, we need to first bring history. We need to first, you know, people, they know and we kept until today the history of the hotel, for instance, the full refurbishment that we did three years ago, we preserve the authentic architecture part of the hotel that people from Lisbon that know this hotel for many decades, when they come back after the renovation, they say, okay, I'm still at the Tivoli. So that's the first thing we need to be careful when we are recovering more refurbishment and now a very historical property in the city. And that's the first thing. The second thing, it's our people, Okay. We make sure that our people, of course, well-trained, that they are from Lisbon. They know the city. They know every single place. They know the secrets about the city, the good tips that they can from the doorman to the bellboy to the receptionist in the front desk. Everyone knows the little things that we do in Lisbon that can give a very nice experience to the guest. Does, does the Tivoli have any signature events that they host annually every year? 
Yes, I may say one. We have a great partnership with GQ, the magazine, and Vogue. And the Man of the Year event is all this year. It's always at the Tivoli in the Palace. And this is a, a partnership we're doing for a couple of years. And this is a great event. This is a very nice black tie event that all celebrities from Portugal, Europe, US, many of them came come to the, the Man of the Year event. And it's a very, I would say, highlight event in Lisbon when this happens. And also the New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, oh, this yeah. hotel becomes, you know, a huge <laughs> a I can imagine. For event because we have four venues of doing New Year's Eve. We have the rooftop. We have the traditional seafood restaurant. We have the lobby together with the meeting event that we have there. And also we have the palace. In a normal year, we can have more than 1,000 people at the same time celebrating New Year's Eve in this hotel. It's a great place, also place to, to come this time of the year. We have many offers for all guests that may, may want to come. Wonderful. And then let's talk about some of the Tivoli experiences that you guys offer, some unique activities that you have for your guests. And some of those, and we've seen the, like, the Segway and helicopter tours Tell us about a Fado experience. Can you explain to our listeners what Fado is? Fado, it was founded many years ago. It's a unique... Please don't ask me to, to sing because I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> I won't ask you to sing, I promise. <laughs> no, I'm terrible. <laughs> but Fado, it's a very typical uh, t- typical uh, music from Portugal. Amalio Rodrigues is one of, I'll say, the founders and the, I'll say the... Who, uh, let's call it, owns Fado historically. It's songs that remembers the past, and it's a bit of the Portuguese tradition. It's true that nowadays we have new singers, they, they are revising the Fado concept, putting more, a bit more or less melancholic, because it's a very melancholic set of songs. And the good thing is that you have very nice restaurants and bars in Lisbon, walking distance again from the hotel, that you can have a meal, for instance, dinner. Normally, we don't listen Fado at lunchtime. We just listen Fado at night. And you go to a restaurant and you have fadistas that are the ones who sing very well the Fado. And you're having dinner or just having some drinks and listen to Fado. And it's unique. It's something that it doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. So it's something that is, and more than that, is it's typical from Lisbon. What is an ideal day? If you have three days, what are three things that somebody must do in those three days? And let's hope they have seven or eight days, but what can they do or what would you tell them to do? There are very nice options that we have partnership with is that tuk-tuks, they came to Lisbon. They actually, in a good way, they invaded Lisbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and, and even locals, they're using it because it's so fast and they can have the option of the buzzway. And you can get to all the top top uh, top uh, places to visit within minutes. So having going out of a tuk-tuk, you can go to Torre de Belém, Mosteiro dos Jerónimos, the monastery, which is the most known. You can go to the Castle São Jorge. And you could go and, and stop to have a ginginha, which is a, a typical drink that we have here in Portugal. Have a pastry that we call Pastel de Belém, which is very typical as well in Belém. And then you can drop just walking by the river, have fantastic views on the river, and then come back again. And then you dress up, you go to a Fado restaurant, you listen to Fado, and I can tell at the end of the day, you're going to be tired, you're going to get back to the Tivoli and sleep. And one of the good things in Lisbon, such as other cities in Europe, is that walking in the city is very pleasant. Sometimes we think, I need to go there. No, just walk, lose yourself in the city. 
And this is a city that you can do that because it's safe. Can you just tell us about one experience or an encounter you had with a guest, a regular guest, or it could have been a celebrity, you don't have to say names, where they just like made a request and you were like, are we going to be able to get this done? And you really exceed the expectation of a guest. So we were welcoming celebrity with a lot of rooms. So there was a big entourage coming, okay? And I can tell you what was the reason to come. It was a concert, okay? So you can imagine that was, you know, <laughs> it was a singer. There were many requests, okay? And in the five-star properties, we're used to that. But there was a disruptive request that happened. And I was walking through the hotel, showing rooms, suites, everything, from security-wise, from amenities, from restaurants, all possible reservations, all the list. And the response from the group tell me, Gail, we have an issue. And what is the issue? I think we cannot come here. Why? Because this suite, it's not connected with another one. So well, it's not connected. But we need, we just, you can walk through the door. No, no, no. We need this to be connected. And all connecting rooms, they were already all taken from them. And I was said, why do you think that's a problem? And he said to me, because there's no room, so we need to cancel the group. I'm going to build the door for you in the room through other room. He said, oh, no, but <laughs> you're going to destroy the room? Yes, of course. I'm going to open the wall <laughs> in the room to the other suite so you can have it. Actually, thank you so much for that request. Because actually, we can make a more one more connecting room. So I'm going to destroy this wall. I'm going to talk with my engineer. We're going to make a, just a door for you. And they say, are you sure? Don't you need to talk with the owner? No, the one will thank me for giving you this option and confirming you this guys with us. Wonderful. Miguel, thank you so much for your time. We know you're busy, obviously running a five-star property. We really appreciate it. And again, we look forward to seeing you on our next trip to Lisbon. Thank you so much, Todd. I'm looking forward to welcoming you here. All right, welcome back, everybody. That wraps it up for Lisbon. Todd, there's just such a passion on the guests we had today about their city. They really love this beautiful Southern European city. And you got that feeling too? You know what? Listening to, to, to both of our guests today speak, they speak like novelists. Like they are truly just great people who are so passionate about the communities in Lisbon, the country as a whole. And it makes you appreciate the niceness that it comes off them. And we've been to Portugal a few times and every time people are just overwhelmingly friendly to you. They just yeah. have open minds and open hearts. And the food, the seafood is just so amazing. The food and just walking around the city. So if you like to go on urban hikes like we do, sometimes just it's best just to don't pull out your Google Maps, leave tour maps at home and just go and just see where you end up and, and you'll be shocked at what you find. Some and Lisbon things. is a perfect city to do that. So that concludes this episode of Destination Everywhere, Lisbon, Portugal. We'd like to give special thanks to our team, Chris Jordan, our copywriter, Annie Fernandez, our creative director, and of course, the amazing Laurel Campbell, our podcast producer. So please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred podcast app or by going to www.destination-everywhere.com. So we look forward to seeing you next time on Destination Everywhere. Safe travels. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit destination-everywhere.com. 
Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.